Can y'all hear me now? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Well, <laughs> everyone, sorry about that. My name is Labrita Dues, and welcome to my podcast, Buying and Selling with Bree. Um, I'm a realtor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I have been a realtor now. It will be 10 years, October the 31st. Um, tonight, I'm going to start this off a little bit different. Usually, I'll you know say some things about the market and you know what's going on. But there's been a lot of questions about uh, the loan process, the interest rate, um, the different type of loans. So tonight, we have Ms. Charlemagne Armstrong. She is a division vice president for Gold Financial in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So any questions that you have, um, just ask her and trust me, she will have all the answers. She will talk to you about the different type of loans. Um, she will talk to you when if we have enough time about the different down payment assistance program. And just the future of the market is where it stands right now. Hi, Charlamagne. How are you doing? And welcome to my show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Right now, um, I, I'm going to start with the questions until some come across. Okay. The market is has really changed and mm -hmm. um, the interest rates are uh, high. How are you as a lender? What changes have you seen mm -hmm. you know, with the market, with the conditions that they are in now? Great question. It's definitely a hot topic, right? You know, a lot of tea to go with it. So um, the raising of the interest rates, obviously, to curb inflation. And it's definitely made the rates a lot higher than we've seen and what we've been accustomed to. Um, that being said, how I'm handling it is basically, you know, really trying to make, I hate to say make light, but you kind of have to make a lot of this out of the situation and that you are in this market really paying for what you find value in. Meaning if you find that home that you like and love, you're buying that home, you're making a commitment to that home, but not to the rate. Because refinancing is something that has been around for eons. Um, and that gives a person the option to obviously reduce their rate or maybe extend the term to lower their payments. Um, take cash out, shorten the term. There's all these different reasons why a person would refinance. But the biggest one is to take advantage of a lower rate. So right now, what I'm explaining is that, again, you know, you're going to be paying for what you see value in, and that's the home. And in this, in this market right now, there's not as much competition. So people are really able to purchase the home that they really want. Mm -hmm rushed to accept a home just because they got their offer accepted. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Being that the interest rate right now is at uh, 7%, uh -huh. um, some buyers and some lenders, some of the buyers are getting less than that. Can you explain why some buyers can get less than what the market rate is now? Great, great question. So Really, there's a couple of different factors. The very first one, which you mentioned a little bit ago, was down payment assistance. And there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to down payment assistance. Um, and that is the biggest one is, oh, well, get your credit score as high as you can so you can get a good rate. Mm -hmm. Down payment assistance does not care what your FICO score is in relation to a good rate. So... The state of Texas controls what the rate is for everyone. So if you have a 620 score, 640, 660, 680, a 720, even a 780, everybody's going to have this same exact interest rate. How down payment assistance works, the interest rate will change based upon the amount of assistance you receive. Okay. That the rate will be higher with more assistance. So right now, today, the rate to get 2% assistance through the state of Texas would be 7.25. Oh. And that's, again, that's the same for everybody, whether or not your score is a 620 or an 800. There's no prize or no benefit to having a 
higher credit score when it comes to down payment assistance. Um, then when we take down payment assistance off the table and we talk about the fluctuation of rates, maybe mm -hmm. somebody may get a 6.625, a 6.75 or a 6.875. Now that's when your interest rate would be based off of your FICO score, meaning that another misnomer is that interest rates are completely different. That's what you're asking. Hey, why does yeah. this one person get this? Well, the interest rates are the same, but the cost to get that rate varies based upon the credit score, meaning that there is risk associated with the credit score. So a person with a 500 credit score can get a rate of 6.625. They just have to pay the risk associated with that rate. So maybe a person with a five for 500 credit score may be pushed up to seven and a half even. And that okay. is because the cost to secure that rate would be too much at a 6.625. Okay. okay. The other question I have is like the interest rate is at 7.25. What is with down payment assistance? So what is the market rate to right now this morning? So, um, Today, a person could, you know, get 6.625% okay. if they pay their own down payment. If they pay their own down payment. So like a lot of people, some when the interest rate went up, it took a lot of people out of qualifications because a lot of people, when it was 3.5% versus the 6.6%, how much more of a house did it increase their house payment? Great question. So I like to do things um, based off of percentages. It makes it easier. And then, of course, I sound smarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to accept that. So, um, so basically, um, back when the interest rates were really low, um, a person could, you know, acquire a home. And, and, you know, typically the old saying was that if you were going to rent, you're going to be paying 1% of what that home is worth. Now it's more like 1.22% of what the home is worth because rents have gone up. Mm -hmm. um, in some cases, 33 to 40% along with the higher interest rates. So today's market, when you're going to own a home, that factor is 0.93%. So it's not quite, you're still, it's still cheaper to own than it is to rent. Um, but we are obviously closer to that 1% rule, meaning that what the home was worth would be what you would be paying. Um, so 0.93 is where we're at now, where we were when the market was lower, we were kind of at like 0.63. Okay. Um, and that includes everything, your principal, your interest, yeah, yeah. taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance. So if a person wants to know what their payment is safely today, that mm -hmm. they they were going to be looking at a home that was 100000 We know that doesn't exist, right? Um, but on a $100,000 home, if they took that 0.93 and times it by that, then their payment would be $930. So that's just a good way for... Um, to, and, the, and not just in Dallas, I saw one of the comments. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we're licensed in several states, so it can be anywhere. And again, that factor, it holds true right now for you to get a good estimate of what the principal interest taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance would be with a very, you know, minimal down payment. Okay. What is the, uh, you have FHA, you have conventional, you have USDA. Um, you have VA loan. What are the buyers that come through you? What are you mostly approving them for? Uh -huh. Or is it still based on their credit and in their debt? Okay, good question. So we, I, I like to say that we are a, a, a basically a custom lender. So we're going to first and foremost determine what the, that person's budget is mm -hmm. and and, and then by knowing what their budget allows us to put them in a vessel to get them that, that home. So okay. some clients, it may be a conventional loan, um, some FHA, obviously to get a VA loan, you have to be a veteran mm -hmm. or 
surviving spouse of a veteran. Um, USDA means that you have to be able to purchase in a rural area. And each guideline, you know, there's some d little different nuances. Probably one of the biggest ones that would maybe work on FHA, for example, is that we can land down to a 500 credit score. Um, one of the, the one of the things that's a benefit for a VA loan is that we have no minimum credit score, meaning that a person could have a 500 credit score and still okay. financing. Okay, it says uh, we have a question here. I think you can see the questions too. It says, "What's challenging for your clients right now?" Okay, and what examples can you share? Okay, great, great question. So, um, what probably would be what's challenging is a lot of people have picked up other jobs because things are more expensive, right? <laughs> so, um, so with that being said, some of the different programs have different requirements. So for example, a conventional loan will allow you to qualify for with two jobs with only one year of you actually working both of them simultaneously. So again, conventional financing, if a person works two jobs, as long as they work them both simultaneously for one year without any gap, okay. both of those jobs to qualify them. So and, this is for conventional. Right. Um, okay. Very, yes, very, yes, conventional. Then FHA is a little bit more uh, difficult when it comes to working multiple jobs. FHA requires that you have two-year history working two jobs. Okay. So that's probably a very common thing right now, again, is people working multiple jobs to either pay off debt or just to, you know, maintain just because things have gotten, you know, very expensive across the board. Um Another thing in, in in Texas specifically, Texas is a community property state. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people will say, well, I want to go on the loan by myself. Um, and I do not want my spouse to go on the loan with me. Well, um, in Texas, they don't have to go on the loan with you. But anything that is acquired during your union, you Together. both have interest in when it is a primary residence, when it is called your homestead. So with if it's your homestead, it's your primary residence, then you have to qualify with your spouse's debt, even if they're not going to go on the loan. So those are probably the two biggest things that we're seeing. Okay, I have a question. I'm getting back to the job thing. Mm -hmm. So what if you have your own business? And you can't qualify for conventional, but you can qualify for FHA, but you've been in the business right at a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. How does that work for somebody that's self-employed? Great question. So if they actually have what's called a two-year history doing whatever the, whatever their business is, then okay. we can get by with one year's tax returns. A lot okay. of that you have to have two years tax returns and you do not. So, for example, someone who's a truck driver, they let's say they work for, um, I don't know, Averitt Express, and then they got their own truck. They've been doing it for a year now. We just have to have that tax return that's going to show one calendar year um, and, and then that two year history to show that they're doing what you know, they, you know, what, the, what, what they have experience doing. Um, so it, it doesn't matter if it's FHA or not, even if they qualify, if they don't qualify for conventional and do qualify for FHA, they still have to show for FHA loan two years. Like that last year may have been self-employed, but that other year they may have been working for UPS or the post office as a truck driver. Then they went out on their own. So correct. they still have to show that they was in that same field. Right. Yes. Correct. Okay. People think that you have to be at the same job for two years, and that's not correct. Um, you can have several different jobs within a two-year period. The two-year period is just to establish that you're used to working. That's it. But it does okay. not have the same job. Have, okay, everyone. It is storming here uh, where I am, so we might be going in and out just a little bit. I just want to let you know. Um, but we do have a, a question. It says, does the income type matter? based on the loan type? So it does not. Um, there are many different types of incomes and I like to kind of separate them um, uh, like 
for example, you can have passive income. That's allowed. And passive income is meaning income that you receive that you don't necessarily have to work for. So uh, Social Security, disability, um, child support, alimony, you know, um, a trust income. Um, those are things that you would get without, per se, any effort. And then, you know, you could have a W-2 job, a salary job. You know, even in instances we can use unemployment in their income calculation if that's something that they've done historically. So I'm going to use GM, for example. They shut down the mm -hmm. plant every year for a couple of weeks. So if that person was filing unemployment during that time, then we would use that because it's something they have historically done. Okay. I have one more question. When you was talking about um, truck drivers, mm -hmm. what if the couple is not married, they've been living together, and they both work, but he can... and and. He wants to do the house by himself. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah. So um, I just kind of go back to, you know, you can, again, have, you know, anybody, you can have up to four people on a mortgage loan, okay? okay. All right, so that's one thing that a lot of people don't know. You can have four people on a loan and you can decide who within the family you want to go on the loan. Okay. So it be the truck driver and the kid, the truck driver and the mom, the truck driver and the great. You can have four people on loan, it does not matter whomever. Okay. Uh, what the goal is, is for us to customize the mortgage to allow you to be able to purchase the home. That is okay. what the goal is. So um, the truck driver, as long as you know, we can verify the income, and that's the biggest thing, you guys, we have to be able to verify the income. Um, and that's yes. another obstacle that we that we may come across. Someone may have a business and they're doing really well, but they're not filing the tax returns for that business, you know, or they're filing the tax returns for the business, then they're writing off all the income. So when we're trying to qualify people, especially if they're self-employed, let's say yes. You know, a hundred thousand, but then they wrote off ninety of it. Then we could only use ten thousand dollars of the income, and so that can be. You know, that's where a lot of times somebody who is a truck driver or a self-employed, yes. well, we have to add people to make it work. And sometimes that don't necessarily apply to just truck drivers. It applies to everyday people that are working because they want larger refunds back. So they write everything off. So and I'm glad you said that because for the um, if there's people on uh, here that are listening, remember, it's your adjusted gross income that the lender is going to go by. So it's not your gross, it's your adjusted gross income. Right. And let me let me say this. When you were saying that four people can go on the loan, those same four people still have to do a credit app and qualify and still go through the same process as two years of jobs. Or will they be able do they still have to have two years or whatever employment or can they just be one year? Great question. So it's um, the standard for all mortgages is two, two and two meaning that we're going to verify where you've lived at for two years. We're going to verify where you worked at for two years. And we're really focusing on your credit for the past two years. Now, in that process may gather more information than two years. For example, um, a lady's application I took today, she'd been working at the airport for six months. Then prior to that, she worked at Home Depot. Then prior mm. in school. And then prior to that, she had a job. So we actually end up having to basically get four years, four years to verify two years employment. You know what I mean? So um, being that she wasn't in the same field, you all would still maybe can still approve her? We No, we can. Again, okay. continuity of employment, you know, customer service is customer service. Um, oh, okay. Okay. That's how you did that job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically... Is, I mean, that where there is an issue, 
when it, you're talking about a person's skill set, uh -huh. if I am a salaried or hourly employee, um, let's see, working, I, I, I use Home Depot, for example, I'm salaried okay. Home Depot. I quit Home Depot and then I go work at Nordstrom's in the shoe department. My hourly rate is $11 an hour, but you know, I get commission and my commissions are huge, you know, and I really need those commissions to, to allow me to qualify. Well, if I don't have at least 12 months of receiving that commission, then I can't use it, you know? Mm, okay. That's so that's how overtime bonus commissions have to be received for at least one year. Consecutively. Use it because they are production based. Okay. Now, what if that person gets a big bonus at the end of every year? So say, for instance, some jobs give out a big bonus in December. Mm -hmm. And so how would you calculate that person that get that bonus that once a year, do you go by the same amount or how do you average that out? Because some jobs do it every six months and some jobs do it once a year. So how do you all do that? Well, um, it's, since it's production-based, we have to average the income. So um, if it's paid at the end of the year, it's still averaged over 12 months. Oh, okay. okay. It's round numbers, so I can sound smart. You know, <laughs> if bonus, you know, was, you know, we'll say $6,000. That okay. means that um, we would add an additional $500 a month in income. Because okay. It over okay. months. So if a person's getting a bonus in December and they've never gotten a bonus before and they know what it's going to be, um, the employer would have to say, yes, on December 15th, they're going to get $6,000 unequivocally, no problem. But if they um, can't do that, then we would have to wait for them to receive the bonus in order for us to use it. It has to actually show up in their paycheck in order for them to to do it. Well, not necessarily. A lot of people don't know this, but if the employer will verify a raise or a um, or the bonus, and mm -hmm. if it's within 60 days of our closing, then oh. we can use it. And I've done that before several times where we needed every penny and we were like, oh, you're getting a raise in 60 days. And we're closing on you know, I'm just going to use this as an example. Let's say we're going to close on November 15th and your raise kicks in November 30th. Well, we could go ahead and use that raise because your first house payment, if it's not due until 15th, wouldn't be until January. Take mm -hmm. so effect prior to your first house payment. So, again, you know, a lot of people don't know that. But if a person's getting a raise, you don't have to wait for the raise to close as long as they're job will verify it we can use it even though you don't have it oh okay and um i'm looking at a question here it says are you seeing more investors buying homes now or more families are now able to buy it seems to be a struggle beating the investors out of a deal let me let me go on the realtor side mm -hmm. um yes they are buying um, both sides are seeing a struggle because of the buyers are seeing a struggle because of the interest rate. The buyers are seeing a struggle because of, you know, a lot of people just don't have the money for down payment. And, and for as investors, it's just not a lot of investment properties out there like it used to be. Um, so investors now are just buying, you know, uh, regular homes and they're leasing them out. So the struggle is still more, and it's really hard to say, but I still think the struggle is probably more for the buyer than it is for the investor um, because they just come right out and, and they just buy cash. But um, a lot of times now, some sellers are just maybe, it depends, maybe not wanting to sell to investors. Maybe they want they, a family to buy their home. So it really depends on the seller that is selling the home. Gotcha. What is your advice to be a new real estate agent? Um, you can DM me and I can uh, speak with you uh, about that offline. Miss Charlemagne, another question. The FHA loan is mainly for what type of buyer? Great question. So um, the FHA it loan is for 
any and all buyers. It's not geared towards any one specific type of buyer. And FHA loans are green, meaning they spend just like any other loan does. Um, I think during the pandemic, FHA unfortunately kind of got a bad rap. They, you know, felt like, well, if a person, you know, is using FHA financing, maybe their credit is bad or maybe, um, you know, they're getting down payment assistance. Um, maybe, you know, just all the things. Oh, and probably the biggest one is that FHA does not have an appraisal waiver. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, and that's really what um, in the market, what if they were wanting, hey, we're going to bid over $50,000. We want an appraisal waiver. So no matter what, you know, they're probably appraises for it, you're going to still buy the house regardless. Yes. But and that market right there um, is gone. But, you know, people still are paying just a little bit over, but they're not doing that anymore because there are a lot of houses that have been on the market now for 30 days. Um, sellers are um, doing more negotiations now. Some sellers are even helping to pay, pay closing costs. And some of them still not paying, but some of them now are more willing to say, hey, I asked for $2,000 and some of them will pay. Whereas January or December last year, you couldn't get anybody to do anything. People right. that did have FHA loans, they were just they were just out of luck. And speaking of FHA, that's why uh, maybe she can verify this. That's why a lot of buyers for FHA buyers were going to new instruction that they could afford because it doesn't it was just FHA. Um, that's what I saw. Is that what you saw as well when they was getting kicked out of the market or just kind of even? Yeah, just it's kind of six half dozen one the other. It really just depend on, you know, to me, a lot of people were trying to jump into the market. So that new construction allowed them to kind of gauge when that lease was going to be up on their current residence. So, yes. you know, if it took nine to 12 months to build, it was okay because they just signed a new lease anyways, you know? So that's where that new construction market definitely fit into most people's timeline. Mm -hmm. um, it did. To, to extend it out as long, as long as it needed to be. Some instances too long because we were like, okay, hey, my lease is up, it's been 12 months and my house still ain't done. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but going back to your question, FHA is for any and all buyers, it's not necessarily catered to a first time home buyer. You can be a second, third, fourth time home buyer. You know, I, I have one client right now who's very distinguished um, buyer and has done her homework. And like, you know what? I love the security that FHA gives me because if oh, okay. I ever run into a financial situation, FHA is going to provide me counseling. FHA would even allow me different options to get caught back up with my mortgage or modify my mortgage. Whereas on a conventional loan, there is not that support there like it is on an FHA loan. That is um, true. And so she was like, you know what? Based off my job and my career, is I don't, she was like, I don't care that I, I can get approved for a conventional loan. I want an FHA. Okay. You know? So conventional loans, what type of buyers are usually getting approved for that type of loan? Because those are the two type of loans right now, FHA and conventional, of course, VA, uh, USDA. So conventional loans are mainly for which type of buyer, what type of credit score? Of course, on both sides is income, but what type of buyer usually gets approved for conventional loans? So um, if you're going to be... Um, so conventional has kind of changed a little bit and that, you know, in an effort to grab or to move people over to a conventional loan versus FHA, conventional allow, allow for what's called blending of credit scores. So, oh, okay. um, yes. Um, and so with a conventional loan, you could take someone now who has a 550 credit score and someone who has a 720 credit score. And let's say that blended score was 640. Even though someone had that 550 score, they could still get conventional financing. Okay. 
Oh. Um, and so the type of buyer that would be doing a conventional loan, typically what we saw in this market was going to be that buyer who was putting down a larger down payment, to be honest, you know, maybe someone who sold their home and was purchasing another. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to maybe put down 10% or in some cases 20. Um, but with a conventional loan, you still can put down as little as 3% and and get that conventional loan. Um, so on the FHA loan, the minimum down payment is 3.5%, correct? And there, uh, that's correct, 3.5%. And there's a big misnomer when it comes to mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, comes to FHA uh, versus conventional. Um, most people think that, I think there was a question that came across the screen that um, with a FHA loan, that the mortgage insurance would stay on the life of the loan regardless of if any down payment or anything like that. Um, and that's not the case. With FHA, if a person puts down at least 10%, then the mortgage insurance does not stay on the loan for the life of the loan and actually will fall off at that uh, 80% mark, just like a conventional loan would. Um, I've seen this question that came up again as far as uh, a mortgage longer than 30 years. So yes, ma'am, there are mortgages out there. Um, And I I couldn't see who asked the question. So. just okay. a regular Facebook user. Okay, perfect. I didn't want to say yes, ma'am, but it was a man or, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, pronouns. Okay. Um, so, a 40-year mortgage is out there, but a 40-year mortgage is not a QM mortgage. And QM means a qualified mortgage. Um, so, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are the two purchasers of mortgages, and Jenny Mae and so on, all the Mays and one Mac, um, they do not um, insure or purchase mortgages that are longer than 30 years. So, a mortgage that is longer than 30 years is more of a portfolio product and okay. is called a non-QM loan, a non-qualified mortgage, meaning that any lender that would offer that mortgage would actually service that mortgage. And so your payment would be made to that particular servicer. We do offer 40 year mortgages, um, but they are, again, since it's non-QM, it is at a higher interest rate and a larger down payment because that term is just not, um, it's not one that Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac actually uh, recognizes. I got a question on the down payment assistance. This was asked last week. When you get down payment on FHA and conventional, is there a certain amount of time that you have to live in the house before you sell it? Or is it two years, three years, four years, or five years, and then you can sell your house? Great question. So if you are um, within the you know AMI, which is the average income median limit, you can be purchasing in a targeted area or a non-targeted area. Most of the programs, and, I, and again, I say most, um, allow you to um, to have, get a grant. And the grant is forgivable after the recapture period. So the recapture period typically is three years. And again, I say typically or most of the time, there are some programs where the recapture period could be longer, but typically the recapture period is three years. So if you make three years of on-time payments, then that assistance slash loan that you receive would be forgiven. Um, if you're over the average median income limit, then you're you could still receive down payment assistance like I have a program right now that has no income caps or limits. So oh, wow. $200,000 a year and get down payment assistance, okay? Um, but that particular individual would actually have a repayment on those funds because they're obviously over the average income. The yeah, yeah, the limit. So they would have a repayment. So that being said, 
with all down payment assistance programs, and again, this is all, not most, okay. there's no prepayment penalty, meaning that you can refinance at any time. There's nothing stopping you from doing so. The only caveat is that if you are to refinance before the recapture period, then you would have to pay back what it is you borrowed, which in most instances, prayerfully, you would have the equity in the home to, um, to pay that back. Or you may say, you know what? I don't want to pay that back and I'm going to wait my three years. And henceforth, why the, and I'm backtracking now, why the interest rate is the same for everybody because nothing is free. Okay. Um, you know, if they could figure out how to charge us for COVID free air, they would. Okay. <laughs> they charge you for that even. Right. So that being said, that's how they actually fund all the down payment assistance programs. Um, mm -hmm. Each state has what's called a general fund. Mm -hmm. And fund houses these funds. So while they are letting people borrow from the general fund, how they're replenishing those funds is at a higher interest rate than the market rate. And so that's paying for the people that they have there in the office to facilitate, you know, obviously reserving these funds and making sure that these funds are there for each individual. Okay. The other question I have is, is, is with new construction, mm -hmm. the builders are given all these incentives, you know, this amount for down payment, this amount for down payment. How do you compete with the builders as a private lender? Very good question. So in my opinion, we compete very well because we're educated and, you know, we are not just pushing numbers. We really are um, dealing with the client. Mm -hmm. um, and now because the market has shifted, honestly, um, you know, the builders are allowing families to use yes. outside lenders more, more than they were during the pandemic. Yeah, they are. What I just caution people is that, you know, a lot of the builders, because there were so many people waiting in line to purchase these homes, you know, hey, if the house is done and there's an issue with your loan, they're going to bump you and put you on another house and make you wait. I had right. to call me just for like, oh, my gosh, you know, what can you do? I'm like, hold on, let me fix it for you and let me get you closed. So, um, you know, our, our closing ratio is a lot better than the builder, builder's lender. Um, and we can pay title and we were paying title. And then in some instances, we were still able to match up to a point as long as they were not, you know, using down payment assistance. Um, okay. Down payment assistance, again, it's set by the state and there are some of the rules there. So if they were paying their own down payment, then we could definitely, you know, um, assist and, you know, up to one percent plus. Um, title and we offer what's called a mortgage credit certificate and yes, that certificate you know gives you 20 percent um off the property taxes i mean the builders were not offering that so you know like in one family we got them ninety thousand dollars the builder did not offer that to them and they're like so you're gonna pay title and they were using down payment assistance but they're like wow it wouldn't make sense for us to walk away from ninety thousand dollars over the life of the loan to get $5,000 up front, you know? And a lot of times the builder, even though they can still use their outside builder, most builders still want you to qualify through their builder because even though the market is like it is and it has changed a little bit, some of them will try this tactic. I don't know if some of the new construction have been to you. Well, if you don't close on this day, you know, we're going to charge you this day per day. Mm -hmm. So have you seen that come across your desk? Yeah. So, um, yes, especially when, you know, people were, you know, kind of like flocking to the builders. Yeah, there would be they would put penalties in place. They would charge people $50 a day, $100 a day. And people were having to pay that, you know. Now, I don't think they're going to charge penalties. <laughs> but yes, I had seen that.
Yeah, because one builder, I talked to her the other day, um, she said they got 400 houses sitting on the ground and they're given a lot of incentives and everything to um, to to get rid of these houses. Um, I know you asked a lot of questions. Can you give out your information again? Yes. So uh, Charlemagne Armstrong, Gold Financial Services, I'm the division vice president for gold. Um, I'm the president and CEO of Kiss Wealth Now. Um, my phone number 214-738-4913. And my website is Kiss Wealth Now. Um, and my email address is carmstrong at goldfinancial.com. Uh, and I'm I'm across all the platforms under my name, Shawnee Armstrong. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, all of them, TikTok, Snapchat, you name it. <laughs> um, so I put a lot of information out there as far as, um, you know, mortgage tips, even a daily national days, things yeah. like that. I, I see you. I see your videos and I, and I really like them. Um, you are, she doesn't care. My friend Rose, um, she used you and she had a new builder and uh -huh. she, uh, she was adamant about using you and she told them that, um, but she still had to do what she needed to do, but she was adamant about using you. I know some other people too, and, and they got new construction and they still use you, you know, other realtors we talk. So for those of you that are out there that are listening, if you want a new construction, mm -hmm. um, you can still call Miss Charlemagne. She will she will work it out for you. Damn. So when they hear my name, like, OK. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, just be mindful, um, people that are listening. Your friend may say, well, I got this and I got that. Everybody will not be able to get the same interest rate. Everybody will not be able to get the same down payment assistance because everything depends on your credit and your income. You know, uh, it's okay to, to listen to your friends or whatever, but you go to the professionals that know. And Miss Charlemagne is a professional. Everybody knows Miss Charlemagne in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So if you want to, Talk to her about a loan. Just give her a call um, and she will help you. Any upcoming uh, classes for home buyers or program in the Dallas area? No, but um, I there is one coming up on February the 12th. You can inbox me. Um, uh, you can uh, call me at 817-975-9284. We are having one um, here in the uh, Fort Worth area. Miss Charlemagne, do you know of any home buyers uh, seminars that are in the Dallas area? Because that, that individual may live over there. Right. I was going to say that a lot of people, since we're in Q4, um, you know, the end of the year, mm -hmm. uh, uh, several people have tried to put on first-time home buyer, um, but there was not uh, many people signing up. So right. a lot of seeing have been canceling those in this last quarter of the year just because the sign up is not there so um in this if you're looking for uh, some education definitely we can do a one-on-one -on -one together uh, with you and answer your questions um i want to point out one thing because you talked about credit um that okay. um is a really key in this market um, because a lot of people are having issue with their debt to income ratio, mm -hmm. right? Meaning that, you know, for the amount of home that they're trying to purchase, their debt may be a little bit too high. Mm -hmm. And I um, think that, well, hey, I'm down, you know, I paid $1,000 on my debt or I paid $2,000 on my debt. And that should be sufficient enough to fix my debt to income ratio. And I always have to explain to people that, your debt to income ratio is not based off of the cumulative balance of what you owe. It's based off of your actual payments. So you, oh. yeah, a lot of people think that their debt to income ratio is based off of how much they owe in totality. Oh. And it's the monthly payments. So a lot of times when a person says, oh, well, I paid a thousand dollars. Well, if you paid a thousand dollars on your car, for example, but your car payment is still five hundred dollars a month, then your debt to income ratio would not change. OK, I have another question since you uh, since you bought the debt to ratio up. 
if people, what, what do you recommend people payments on their credit cards? Like if it's a thousand dollars, do you, do you suggest like a per person with DTI problems and you tell them they need to pay it down? What percentage do you want them to pay it down to? Well, see, again, it's not a percentage because it's based off of payments. And that's something that we've got to, you know, I want to, um, you know, again, try to put this out there. So really we're, when, we, when we're talking about debt to income ratio, we're talking about dollars. We're talking about how many dollars that okay. we need to reduce payments by. It's okay. not balances, it's the payments okay. that affect income ratio. So a person could have $100,000 in debt and let's say their payments be $1,000. Well, but if I need their payments to be $800 to qualify, then what debt can they pay off? I mean, okay. it is totality to remove that payment because okay. the debt ratio is based off of payments. Okay. So when a person says, hey, I have some money that I can use to help me, you know, put my debt to income ratio in line, we have to see where we can apply those dollars to remove a payment. It's okay. not, again, paying down the debt. It's the actual payments that affect what a person could qualify for. So you as the lender, what would you recommend someone that's looking to buy a house? Um, I always, when people call me, if they're not ready, I say, hey, start saving money a year out. You know, mm -hmm. because of the way that the market is or someone might be ready in six months. What do you recommend to a person that haven't been to a lender yet? They're looking at their credit card debt. They say, oh, this credit card is a thousand. This one is two hundred. If they want to pay off their bills before they come to a lender, do they start with the smallest amount to pay off? Like if they can pay two hundred off and don't use it or they can pay five hundred dollars off. How would you recommend those that? want to come but still want to kind of do it on their own how to pay their bills off great question so i i say that this is Charlemagne's rule this is not anybody else's rule but it works okay um when a person's trying to figure out what they can qualify for uh, most people have a car payment most people have you know a couple of small credit cards so a person with average debt right now can qualify at about three and a half times their gross income. Okay. And that leaves room for car payment, credit cards, even a couple of student loans. If a person has hardly any debt at all, or may have no debt, then they can qualify at four times their gross income. So that being said, when a person's trying to figure out, well, how much can I qualify based upon my income? Um, then, you know, and I'll, again, I'll use round numbers so I can sound smart, but, <laughs> you know, makes $50,000 a year, you know, doesn't have a car payment, you know, very minimal debt in this market would qualify for 200000 right? And they say, well, gosh, all the homes that I like and love are three hundred. Yes. yes. How, how do I, how do I make this work? Well, then we start saying, okay, who can we add to the loan? because the house payment doesn't change based up upon a person looking at homes that cost more. So that's where this other Charlemagne's rule comes into effect. If they're looking at homes that are 300,000, we gotta take that 0.93 times that 300,000, we're gonna have to move our decimal over two times or maybe four times depending on the person's calculator because we have four numbers in front and then whatever's on the back. And so if a person says, you know, hey, I'm looking at $300,000 houses, my realtor, it says I can get a $300,000, they can find me a $300,000 house. But they say, well, gosh, I'm real technically, I only want my payment to be $1,800 a month. Ooh, well, right? that's, that's often, you know, people say, well, I'm looking at homes that cost this, but I only want my payment to be this. And I have to explain that, well, Let's calculate what mortgage payments are. Yes. And if you're looking yes. for a price house, then you're either going to have to add someone to your loan, because we can have up to four. Oh, wow. We're going to have to make a large enough down payment to impact 
that monthly payment or your debt to income ratio enough so you can qualify. And going back to, you know, well, I got a couple of thousand dollars I can throw at it, you know, well, thousand mm -hmm. dollars is not going to help you qualify for a $300,000 home if you only qualify for 200. It would take tens of thousands of dollars and to be exact, it would take a hundred thousand dollars, okay, <laughs> to, to go on that home to get you at your payment or what your person could qualify for based off that example of fifty thousand dollars. Okay, we um got a little bit more time. Uh got about five more minutes. Can okay. you explain um because this everybody used to have this problem, the student loans, how does that how does that go? How does that work in right now with you as a lender? So um so we got so in in right now many people are saying hey I did my application. I did the beta app. I'm waiting. My student loans will be forgiven. Well, with all mortgages, if it's not forgiven, I mean, if it's not written, it's not so. So even though they're going to be or will be, or you're waiting to find out, whatever is on your credit report is what the lenders have to use, period. Okay. Now, with uh, FHA, you have to qualify with a half of a percent. So again, my round numbers, um, a person owes 50,000, you know, 50,000 in student loans. They would have to qualify with a payment of $250 in their debt. Okay. So um, do you add that debt if they, if they don't have a, a, a payment agreement or if it's in deferment, do you still add that in their debt ratio, even though they might be in deferred? Great question. So um, FHA specifically states, regardless of the disposition, meaning regardless if they're deferred, forbearance, um, IBR, IDR, you know, you still have to qualify with a half a percent. Okay. Because at some point in time, you're going to pay back them student loans because it's going to help our trillion dollar debt issue, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> On a conventional loan, um, you're able to qualify as long as you are in a repayment plan. So if a person is not in a repayment plan, then they would have to qualify at 1%, meaning okay. forbearance or deferment, you just qualify at the 1%. But if they're actually in a repayment plan and they can get a letter from their student loan company stating, this is the repayment plan. So maybe a person who owes a, again, I, I will say $50,000, okay. but the repayment plan is $50 a month. As long as we have that in writing, then we can use that $50 payment a month on a conventional loan. Okay. We got to answer this question. People, somebody wanted to know, can they use their 401k as a down payment? Yes, you definitely can. Great question. The 401k you can, if you have thrift savings, um, you can, but I do know with uh, a lot of changes have come with that with my clients. Sometimes with the 401k, depending on your 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 employer, some of them want to see the contract first before they will even lend you the money. I have dealt with that with like two people. Do you see that? Right. So there's two types of withdrawals. So if a person is uh, asking for a loan then they would loan the money to them and they would have to pay themselves back. But if it's a hardship withdrawal, okay. a hardship withdrawal um, with all 401ks uh, requires you to document that hardship. So that would be with a executed sales contract mm -hmm. and the loan estimate from the lender to show what the uh, cash to close is. Yeah because then they want to make sure that whatever person would be pulling from their 401k, um, uh, one, that they would have enough, or two, that they weren't just willy-nilly pulling. Yes, trying to get enough money just to buy stuff, because that's what happened with my client. Um, he ended up not getting the house, but he was trying to get enough for, buy, you know, buy stuff. And I guess they, they was like, no, your lender said this, this, and this. So he, you know, he pulled out. So, you know, buyers beware, you know, when you have 401k, it's a little, everything has guidelines and everything has restrictions, even 
with the lender and, you know, and the title company. And um, if you have any questions about like if, if you're looking for a realtor, you can just give me a call at 817-975-9284. But when it comes to the lending side, I make sure that I guide my client to the lender because that's not my profession or anything like that. So if you're looking for a lender, the information is on the screen. It's Charlemagne Armstrong. Her office number is 214-453-4200. Her mobile number is 214-738-4913. And her, her email is carmstrong at goldfinancial.com. If you would like to speak with me, my number is 817-975-9284. You can call me or you can email me at Labrita dot the KLS group at uh, gmail.com or you can just inbox me um, from my podcast. Yes. Ms. Charlemagne, I want to uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on, asking questions, answering the questions. Hopefully this helped, but it's just never enough information. I mean, right. it doesn't matter. You can just hear the same thing over and over again. And sometimes people still don't get it, especially when it comes to the down payment assistance, especially when it comes to, you know, the credit or whatever. If someone is needing a credit person that is listening in, do you have a specific person or do they need to call you and get that information? Yes, that they can reach out because I like to. Um, I and I know this is probably going to sound bad, but I'm personally not a believer in credit repair. Okay. Um, okay. But I do have a referral partner that I do work with. And when you're trying to improve someone's credit, the, the steps have to be very strategic. We want the steps to be strategic because the goal is for the score to increase. So if a credit repair company just goes out there and blanketly just starts messing with stuff, People say that their credit score will go down versus up. So um, I like to be a little nosy, I should say, you know, but <laughs> you know, this specifically needs to be done. It's okay. She she will be back. Um, there she is. Go ahead. All right. So I like to say specifically what needs to be done. So therefore we can get the uh, the score increase that we need. Um, that's it's just, it's in so important, especially if a person's doing new construction. And in mm -hmm. my process, you know, I've had people say, you know, hey, I found my perfect home. I'm like, hey, okay, you got this one thing that we need done. And I get them to my third party. And I said, hey, this is exactly what I need done. And they get it done within a week or two. So we can we can close. I just had someone close last week. Their score was a 550. And my credit repair guy was like, okay. I can do it. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I got it. And their score jumped up to almost a 640 within two weeks. So again, um, it'd just be a one-on-one -on -one, because I like to pull the credit look and say what it actually needs to be done. Thank you again, Ms. Charlemagne, for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, you just give it out so much information. Again, um, you can just DM me or go to Facebook for Charlemagne Armstrong and you can DM her for a lender. But if you're looking for a realtor, you can just give me a call, Labrita Dues, 817-975-9284. And remember, my show, Buying and Selling with Bree, is on the third and fourth Mondays of the month. Uh, the third Monday, I'm on for 30 minutes and the fourth Monday, I'm on for one hour. Next month, um, we can try to get Miss Charlemagne back with a different uh, set of questions or um, we'll see if she'll come back, you know, uh, next month. Um, um, you would love to. Yes. Thank you so much again, Miss Charlemagne, for coming. Thank you for everyone for listening. I hope this helps somebody. Um, uh, apologies for going in and out. Apologies for me. I had my uh, speaker on mute. Apologies for that. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in to Buying and Selling with Bree. Have a good week. See you. Yeah,